0: Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Reza Kochtel. Reza Kochtel is on a mission to help you break free of the limitations that are holding you back from being the best version of yourself. Reza is a stock trader, a co-owner of a luxury floral boutique, and a real estate investor who strives to help people get on the path of financial freedom. For reza financial freedom is something deeper than money it's the ability to live a purposeful life on your own terms he strives to help people break free of the internal chains that hold them back from attaining this freedom through lessons from his own personal journey in his free time reza runs a TikTok channel that he uses to teach people the technical skills needed to successfully trade the market. Without further ado, here's my interview with Reza Koshtel Hi Reza, how are you doing today? I'm great, Sean. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to chat with you and a pleasure to have you as well. Thanks for reaching out to me and suggesting that you be a guest on the podcast. I mean, it's great to have a longtime listener on the podcast and to have a friend on the podcast as well.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. I've been your friend and your fan for a very long time. So it's actually great to be on the podcast that I've been listening to for so long.
0: (laughs) Ressa, you've had quite a journey. After we went to Ryerson University together, you worked as well as you moved to Manitoba for a couple years and got your master's there. And you've definitely been successful in your career. I remember helping you out. I think it was about a a couple years ago when you ran for city councillor and that was an amazing experience and definitely I was very happy to support you in, in that. Certainly you have a very bright political future, but I, I guess you went back to your day job after that. Yes, and then COVID happened and I don't think anyone was expecting it to be as disruptive as it had been. But maybe you could tell the listeners about what you were doing in your career at that point in time and how COVID affected your, your life and how you were able to pivot in terms of that.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I think, you know, COVID had a very everlasting effect on every single person in one way or another. And it still does to this day. I mean, we are a year into this situation and we still don't have a clear timeline of actually when it's going to end. So like everyone, you know, I've, I've been quite affected by, by what's been going on. Just to give you a little bit of a background in early two thousand. 20 i was just at at the point where i was switching jobs at that particular point i was working for an educational institution a a for-profit educational institution and i personally i was in charge of, of a bunch of franchisees across the gta network so early on in 2020 i was switching from that job to a new position so i gave my three weeks notice and I actually decided to take a week off before the new job started, just to kind of get my mind in, into into the zone and, and de-stress a little bit. And on the Wednesday of that week, I actually got a call from my new employer <laughs> advising me that with. That they were rescinding the offer, and the reason—what well, a were- nightmare! <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, I already gave my three weeks' notice. I had my, so to speak, that box of my belongings in my car still. You know, I said my goodbyes. It was over. And so on the third day of my so-called vacation, where I was trying to get ready for my new position, I got a call from their vice president and he told me quite distressed actually on the phone that they would have to rescind the offer that they gave me. And the reason for it was this little nuisance that was sweeping the country at the time and for the world, for that matter, the coronavirus. He was very clear. He said, we were really looking forward to having you on our team. We were really excited for this new of adventure and he and he made it clear like he's like this thing's probably going to blow over in a few months we're just kind of putting a pause on things until things get back to normal and so i said okay no problem <laughs> i was quite shocked as you can imagine when i told my wife actually of what happened she couldn't believe me i'm, I'm if you know me you know i'm, I'm quite the joker i like to um, play around with people here and there she didn't really believe me for a few first few minutes until i actually sat her down i said no mona you know this is what's happening. And it was quite shocking. And I I have a home, I have two young kids to take care of. So it's a lot of pressure coming at you in a very short amount of time, you know, my head started spinning about, oh, okay, can I go back to my old job? Do I want to go back to my old job? I felt sorry for myself for maybe five minutes, five, 10 minutes, and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. After, after that short amount of time, I was able to refocus and ask myself very specific questions like, is this really a bad thing? And to and to give you some perspective, I've done a lot of different things in my career. Like you said, I, I ran for city council. I've, I've been a political political staffer myself. I've worked in different capacities in the corporate world. But one underlying factor amongst all those positions was simply I wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled. My soul wasn't being nourished. And I know that sounds silly, but, you know, you have to love what you do. You have to have the drive and the love for what you do or you're not going to do it well. It's as simple as that. Now, all those jobs I, I did well, I pushed myself. But deep down, I wasn't happy. And if you were to really, really, ask me, was I upset about what happened? I was in the sense that I didn't know what my future was going to look like. But at the same time, I was very excited because in my mind, the new job that I had was an escape from the old one. I asked myself very important questions like, was I going to be happy in this new job? And the answer was no. The answer was, I was always running away from my situation because I wasn't happy with where I was. And luckily for me, when that happened, my interest in, in trading and, and being a student of the markets was already very deep. Early 2020 is when that happened. But if you go backwards, around mid-2018 is when my love for studying the markets really took hold of me. And 2018, near the tail end of 2018, Sean, if you remember, that's actually when the election was happening for city council. So, yes. so I was working nine to five. Then I was coming home, grabbing my pamphlets, knocking on doors until about 8, 9 p.m., until it got dark and people gave me weird looks. (laughs) And then from 9 p.m. to about midnight every night, I would be studying. I would be reading books. I would be trying to make myself an expert in that field, not because I uh, not because I wanted to escape to a new job, but genuinely, I loved it. It was the first time in my life where I really felt like what I was the path that I was going down was something that was bringing me tremendous amount of joy and fulfillment internally. When 2020 happened, when when they rescinded that job, I was at a crossroads. I was, I had two choices. I could have taken the easy way out in that I would have started distributing my resume the day after to get another job, right? Because I had a lot of pressures on my shoulder. I have a mortgage, mortgages, I have kids to take care of. So the responsible prudent, rational thing would have been quickly get another job as fast as you can, or go back to your old employer and see if you can get your job back. And I really had to struggle with this for a few days of, was I going to take the easy way out? Or was this going to be that catalyst for me to finally do what I wanted to do, finally be happy. And so I decided that, you know what, God is giving me a tremendous opportunity right now that I might not have later on. I decided, no, I'm going to take the harder way out. I'm going to dedicate myself to expanding my knowledge even further, and I'm going to make this work. And, you know, luckily, I prepared myself well enough from 2018 to that particular moment where I was able to do so. Also, I have a very loving and supportive wife, and and, and she was 100% on board. And I don't know if I would have had the strength to do so if she wasn't on board. This whole coronavirus situation, if you look at it from a much larger perspective i think it's a litmus test for a lot of people i think the entire world right now is in a state of pause a lot of people have been handicapped by it a lot of people have been powerless by it and rightfully so it's very difficult economically speaking people are on the brink of losing it all because either they lost their job or their job isn't paying what it used to so i think it's a very interesting time in in our generation in our lifetime right now where if people aren't genuinely happy about where they were prior to march 2020 or january 2020 when the world changed then i think right now is is the time to do something about it and my goal is really to empower people to take that step and it's not easy and it's not guaranteed, but at the end of the day, do what makes you happy. Do what nourishes your soul. That's really my goal. If I can share my story and make one person pause who's currently not happy with the situation they're, they're in and, and to make that person take the leap and empower themselves to change their their lives, then, then it's a win for me. And I've, I got lucky. The trading took off quite early on when, when I went full-time on it. Near that time, my wife, whose little hobby of creating these stunning faux florals as a hobby, started slowly turning into a business in and of itself. And I she wasn't really on board at first. She was okay with just making really nice arrangements for friends and family here and there when they needed it, making a little extra money on the side. But I really saw something special. She was doing something that nobody else was doing in the market. So I, I pushed her to to actually change her mindset from a hobby to a business. It worked out well because fast forward to now, she's working on the creative designs and I'm helping her with the business operations. Truth be told, I'm, I'm not too interested in the creative designs of how she goes about making her arrangements. And she's not too crazy about the accounting process of it, but it's a win-win. It's worked. And we've been very lucky in that the amount of feedback we've been getting is is tremendous. And in less than a year, this thing has gone from a hobby to a full-fledged business.
0: Wow, that's really a remarkable story. Thanks so much for sharing it with the listeners, Reza. I mean, certainly COVID-19 was a difficult time for everybody. Like, I didn't have this happen to me during COVID-19, but I certainly know how it feels to have a job offer rescinded. I had a similar experience during the financial crisis, I got a job offer for what I thought was going to be my dream job. And unfortunately, because of a company merger, my job offer got rescinded. And it was definitely very disheartening and disappointed. But I used that as an opportunity similar to you to pivot and and figure out exactly what I wanted. And everything ended up turning out well for the end. But I certainly like how you looked at COVID as a glass half full rather than half empty situations. Definitely very inspiring story and, and thanks for sharing that with our listeners. Thank you. The second piece of the story that definitely like certainly the first piece of the story is motivation because I think certainly with COVID everyone can use a motivational story these days. Certainly day trading as well as helping out with your wife's business was something that, that you've been investing your time on recently but you've also gotten into real estate investing as well so maybe you could just talk about What encouraged you to do that? Were you addicted to the shows on HGTV and that encouraged you to get into it? And maybe you could just tell the listeners about what you've been doing in terms of real estate investing, like renting out part of your property or buying another property. Maybe you could just tell the listeners about all that, especially as a first time real estate investor, like you do have your primary residence, a very nice house in in, in Toronto. But yeah, maybe you could just talk about like why you decided to get into real estate investing, how your experience has been as a first time landlord. Because I definitely think that there are a lot of people who would like to make the leap of faith to being a real estate investor, but they're just a bit nervous about doing that. So yeah, maybe you could just share your whole experience with the listeners. I would love to.
1: Yeah, real estate is definitely another passion of mine. It has has been for for many years now. Um just to give you some some background, my wife and I We bought our first house in 2014 in the uh, Corsa Italia area. So this is like St. Clair and Dufferin area. So we bought it for $309,000 roughly. We poured in almost everything we had, but we also were able to utilize a home improvement financing program that actually gives you 15% of the total cost of the home for renovations. So after everything was said and done, we were all in for around $350,000. And and in two years, we sold that for $655,000. <laughs> so in, in a very good return in 2 years of 305000 and well, that's remarkable and the reason was I, it was two reasons uh, a we chose a neighborhood that was just in the early phases of being gentrified where you know a lot of old homes were being torn down replaced with new ones but more importantly we got in at, at a very at a time where the real estate market was very strong. So what we did, we used the proceeds from that sale and we purchased our second home in 2016, the one you referred to earlier, and we bought it for 815,000. And again, we utilized that home improvement loan on the principal. So all in, we were in for around $940,000. Now, again, we were very careful about where we bought and we found the home right now in another up-and-coming neighborhood, this time in Eastern Toronto, West Rouge to be exact. And the comparables around us were actually much higher than what we paid for our house. But the reason for this was the same reason with the first house in that we looked for that diamond in the rough. This house, when we first bought it, it was clean, but it was very outdated. And so that naturally scares a lot of people off. But for people looking for a deal... And to actually stand out from the competition, these types of homes can actually be leveraged to your advantage, especially when we live in such a hot market like Toronto. So by looking for the diamond in the rough, that meant we had less competition and we made the home fit to our needs. But more importantly, we also were forward thinking enough to strategically go with the lender that would allow us to refinance the home after a short amount of period instead of waiting multiple periods. And we use that money to put it into another home as an investment property. You know better than anybody, Sean, Toronto is a very expensive real estate market. So we actually went out of province to do this. Mostly because when it comes to investment properties, cash flow is king, right? You you want positive cash flow, and Toronto and its surrounding areas being such an expensive market, we were actually able to find a home that would pay down our monthly mortgage and at the same time leave us with a decent amount of money left over after all expenses were accounted for. Once again, in in that out of province home, we found the diamond in the rough. We put some money into renovating it, and then we started renting it out. Fast forward to last year, and we utilized that same principle, and we put money into our basement. So we renovated the basement and we started renting that out. And as we speak right now, we're repeating that process all over again with with the investment property, where we're in the early stages of refinancing to use that as a down payment for the next investment property. And I know you guys talk about that Burr method a lot, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. And really that is the key to, to the whole strategy. It's quite simple but it really works out. So if you play things smart and don't shy away from some risk, you can literally repeat this process over and over and over again. It makes sense at the end of the day, the strategy. And so why not have the equity in your home work for you rather than the other way around. Some people, when I tell them about this strategy of using your property and refinancing for the next one, well, they'll be like, well, why don't you just save up and put the cash down yourself instead of refinancing and putting yourself into all that additional debt. But one thing people aren't too in tune with is that there's there's a notion of good debt and bad debt, right? And we were so enamored with the notion of bad debt that sometimes we don't realize that good debt does exist. You can use debt as a leverage for your own advantage, if you do it correctly. That's ultimately what we're doing now. Now get a home, a diamond in the rough home, as I call it, renovate it, have somebody pay down that mortgage for us, refinance and do the process all over again. And and that's where you're using your assets to your own advantage, because Lord knows the bank's making a lot of money on on your back with the mortgage rates. So why not do something that puts you out ahead in, in the future?
0: Wow. Well, thanks so much for sharing your journey to being a real estate investor. And I'm just curious, what's kind of the thing that pushed you to do that? And perhaps you could tell me about your motivation for doing it as well. Like my understanding is financial freedom had something to do about it. What kind of, I guess, gave you that push to actually go ahead and pull the trigger and actually go ahead and and become a real estate investor?
1: That's a great question. Ultimately, Sean, if, if you want, if anybody is looking to be financially free, they have to do one of three things. When you really boil it down to the core principles, it's either you're going to invest in the stock market. And I don't mean <laughs> gambling stock market. I mean, building wealth over time. You know, And you can do that in numerous ways, like ETFs and index funds, where you're not exposed to market risk like you would be with a single individual stock. So, so real um, stock market is one. Number two is real estate. And number three is entrepreneurship. Those are the three core pillars that can ultimately change someone's life and make them financially free. But if we could take a step back and look at things that maybe at a more broader sense, if you were to really delve deep into the core principle of my story, it comes down to personal empowerment. I have been lucky to work in several capacities in in my life, and we've discussed it from the political thing to business. But now, while I was successful in the traditional sense, for example, climbing the corporate ladder, making okay money, never at any point in that process was my soul being nourished. So just to give you some some context, when I graduated from grad school in 2012, I was like many people before me. I was eager to get out in the world, make something of myself and and do what I've been taught to do, right? Get a job, work hard, buy a house, start a family. But over time, I realized that this so-called dream was not necessarily something that brought much fulfillment in my life, primarily because through a lot of pain and self-reflection, I realized that I wasn't living for me. You know, I was living for people around me, whether it was my parents, people I grew up with, my social circle, whatever the case may be. But as the years went by, I became more and more, I guess you could say depressed, right? Because I wasn't being fulfilled. And it was ultimately for two reasons. One pertains to what I've already alluded to, the notion that the work itself was not bringing me joy. But the second and the more important one was that I soon began to realize that the system and the demands of that system that I was working so hard to succeed in was actually rigged against me. Now, to understand what I mean by rigged, you have to zoom out a bit and and look at it from a socioeconomic perspective. Wages are and have been stagnant for a very long time in relation to the cost of living. No matter how hard you work, if you are an employee, if you are at the mercy of a paycheck, and more importantly, if you are trading your valuable time for that paycheck, you will never be financially free to live the life you want. I think it was Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad guy. who said it best. He said, people get addicted to a paycheck. And the reason they do so is is they get married to the idea of stability and security. That stability and security comes at a great cost that most people don't necessarily comprehend. And oftentimes if they do, it's too late. Now, that classic mentality, as I mentioned earlier, go to school, get a job, work your way up. That may have worked decades ago, but it doesn't anymore. One of the main reasons is the advent of technology. Of this global world where you are no longer competing against competitors in your local market, but those halfway across the world. And this had this has had tremendous positive and negative implications on our livelihood. So this environment has granted many working-class people, a lot of newfound opportunities and freedom, so there's a lot of positive, but it has also imprisoned them at the same time. So if you don't work your butt off and sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice for your employer, the economic costs to the employer of replacing you are lower than they have ever been. So because of this, employers are aware of this, And they have no need to pay wages that keep up or even beat the rising cost of living. And for some, this even gives them leverage to use that as a ticket to work you harder. Without going on and rambling on, my realization has been that to break free of these chains, you have to break free from becoming imprisoned by these invisible economic walls. And the only way to do so is to take the steps today that you can set yourself up for the ability to be free sometime tomorrow. And that's where I think the infliction point of this whole argument ultimately rests. I think most people are quite aware of the fact that they are overworked and underpaid, but for numerous reasons, they, they put up with it. So this got me thinking, why? Why are some people able to break free from these chains while others are not? Is it a lack of financial resources? Is it underlying socioeconomic Reasons that have prevented them from doing so? Or is it that they're simply not capable enough? Now, granted, all of these reasons may have a nominal contribution to the answer, but I think the biggest underlying reason is internal. It is this notion that some simply believe within themselves that they are capable of making these changes to be financially free, while others have written themselves off for not being able to do so, for whatever the reason is. So, my passion, Sean, is to help every single person I can to break free of those invisible chains. And, and that's really what, what my story is about. It's if you're happy, if you're fulfilled with your life and you have no complaints, then all the power to you. But my message is for those people that are listening that are not being fulfilled, that feel like they're chained to their job, to their economic circumstances. And the only way to break break free from those chains is to dig deep, dig really, 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 really deep to Find out the core cause of why you cannot break free from those chains. And oftentimes, it's more internal than external. It's, it's the thoughts. It's, it's, the, it's the messages that we tell ourselves that prevent us from being the best version of ourselves that we can be. So hopefully, my story here can, at the very least, inspire one person to be like, you know what? I'm in that exact situation, and I'm going to take steps today so I can be free tomorrow whatever that freedom is defined as.
0: Wow, well, that was very deep, and I've certainly I think you've given the listeners a lot to think about. Thanks so much for sharing your journey and being vulnerable with the listeners as well, and being so honest. I, I certainly think that honesty is is always great, and certainly you know real estate can be a great way to reach uh, financial freedom. And I'm glad that you've been able to invest in real estate and and use that to be able to unlock that true happiness. So yes, I uh, appreciate you sharing your story, Reza. So. It's been wonderful having you on the podcast today. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on or that your wife is working on or you're both working on that you'd like to share with? The yeah. Uh,
1: so my day is completely filled from morning to night. And, uh, but no matter how busy I am, I love every single second of it because I'm doing things that I love. So, you know, my typical day is I, I start my mornings around six. And I'm trading the markets until maybe noon. And then from noon, I work on my wife's business till about 7, 8 o'clock. And then maybe look at some notes for my trading for the next day. So that's my life. So definitely, I would love to give a shout out to, to my wife's business if anybody's interested in luxury faux florals for their next event or just to spruce up their own home. You can go to earthandglam.ca, earthandglam.ca and and check us out there. Also, myself, I I decided to kind of take my passion for trading and my passion for for helping people and kind of meshing them together. So a few months ago, I started a, a TikTok channel. It's called Mr. Market. I go by the moniker of Mr. Market and I'm and I'm literally just teaching people technical skills, the skills necessary for them to actually trade the stock market. So you can check me out on that. I'm actually working on my YouTube channel as well. So then that way I can delve into those topics on a much deeper level and just help people. That's all I want to do. I just want to help as many people as I can to to break free from those chains. And I thank you very much for providing me the opportunity to, to spread my message today.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host, I'm also an independent mortgage broker. If you, or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca, or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.BurnYourMortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.